seems that it is recording. So it is March 18th, uh, 2020. So maybe should we go and look at the at the map? Which map? Uh, the very famous John Hopkins map. Uh, it's a map with the number of cases, or yeah, exactly the one that the university is doing. Um, apparently, uh, yesterday in the news here in Germany, it was said that there were more deaths in the map. Uh, and in real life that in real that like there was a discrepancy between the different deaths that the the state of germany had and the john hopkins and the news tried to excuse itself for kind of time lag but i think there were more deaths in the john hopkins uh, map as if as the number of deaths that they were in registering germany which and is what kind of a, yeah i am i am having a look they are saying 8,243 deaths. How many? 8,243 deaths. And what kind of data do they use? Do you have an idea? Uh, no, I presume they are basically uh, that's but a good question. I presume they're getting it from all the states, but uh, that's a very, or well, maybe it's doing, yeah, the question is whether it's doing a kind of calculation or they're getting the feedback. Sometimes there is a discrepancy, you know, sometimes um, there is, um, yeah, sometimes there is a discrepancy between what the yeah, state I mean, I mean, there is a discrepancy, that's for sure, because, for example, they are talking here that the United Kingdom has 71 deaths. Um, yeah, I mean, mainstream newspapers, they are not talking about so many deaths. Um, how many, uh, if you look at the, because then a friend uh, gave me a YouTube uh, link. Oh yeah, this live feed, no? We yeah, exactly. So, um, how many do you have at the John Hopkins? For United Kingdom? No, for the whole world. 8,243. And here there's 8,283. Yeah. So there are more, more deaths here. So yeah, the question is whether and uh, you cannot see there very clearly how many Spain has. Uh, Six hundred twenty-three. Ah yeah, that's correct. The same. Yeah. And uh, United Kingdom. Seventy-one. Ah, yeah, the same. What a what a funny conversation, no? Uh, yeah, but I mean, uh, this is gonna be our kind of d daily update for most of us, no? Yeah. Being concerned with the death toll in our regions, uh, in the regions where our friends or families live. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, it triggers this kind of uh, monitoring attitude and almost survival horror mood. Yeah, but <laughs> it seems that it was always there, but always was a kind of uh, fiction, and now is for real. Yeah, and I'm wondering also if there has been like how honest people have been with the numbers in terms of the geopolitical repercussions that its numbers could could have. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, with the whole testing, uh, it's not that the uh, the countries are testing. Yeah, I, I I think there are different approaches for this, yeah. and China, uh, they decided at a certain stage to do as many tests as possible mm-hmm. because this helped them to confirm cases in which they had to do very rigorous quarantine so they allocated these spaces and these new hospitals etc and this was very positive and a guy in Spain yesterday was saying that for example this is not the case in Spain that they for a while they stopped doing like additional tests but this morning a Harvard epidemiologist that he's Spanish and he's traveling no, now back to Spain. He's Navarre, a, or the, what's his name? Dave Navarre? I cannot remember his name. Yeah, yeah. But he will advocate again for doing as many tests as possible. And since the government is um, accommodating patients in like hotels and sports centers and so they can create this kind of confinement in which you have confirmed cases isolated from potential like healthy people that they are using as well the the, the medical services so um, yeah you have more and more people arguing in favor of uh, doing as many tests as possible but for example now i was trying to double check with uh, english newspapers the number of deaths in uk and it's actually difficult to find the numbers you know what i mean yeah yeah it's not using the guardian or independent yeah i mean i think in it's also not easy in the german media i open the website of the Frankfurt Allgemeine um, the first image is Lagarde with a very funny face Christine Lagarde yeah 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 that's what you get and then John Hopkins Universität more, uh, more than 10,000 ah well here at least you see it but I think it's because it's the live blog uh, so in Germany 10,000, more than 10,000 are infected and, ah, well, uh, 8,000 more, you know, uh, deaths, yeah. 
but does it say okay so 10,000 in Germany more than 10,000 are infected it's a very weird feeling to it's so abstract these numbers um, but on the one hand it's supposed you're looking for some concrete type of information and on the other hand it's uh, very difficult to understand what this means I guess this becomes very uh, near when somebody close is yeah. affected or yeah but otherwise seems like a kind of fiction or even that you need to have faith in the fact that this is occurring it's super weird because we have this experience of uh, this problem of induction you know? since for example now both of us we think we are without the disease yeah our experience the, the experience that we induce from this is that there is no no kind of uh, actual disease beyond this data abstract like data that we have to i don't know yeah but uh, i guess uh, it was similar the kind of uh, response that uh, first it was in wuhan then you saw these images of the whole city totally empty uh, they seemed to be totally extreme measures that everybody was saying only china could do that uh, but then it happened to Ita in Italy. Yeah. It's still a bit surreal, but then now that it has happened in Spain, is it, you see such a big difference between people that is coming from one of these areas and people that is not. Yeah, absolutely. Because, uh, you understand the level of urgency and you understand I guess how hospitals get totally overcrowded, the desperation of people working there, the images of, uh, yeah. No, I mean, this contributes to this very dense psychological mood that seems to, yeah, prepare us to more or less starting to, to get what's going on. So at least we know that we we need to do something and depending on our background or our governments we are maybe self-isolated or we are under a quarantine already but it's like the moment in which as we were talking before you have someone super near or yourself are experiencing the disease the struggle is gonna be much different because then is when you cannot be de detached from the like kind of uh, more irrational uh, uh, drive to just be concerned with your health and, and yeah do whatever it takes no it's yeah. like starting an argument with someone else for for keeping yourself safe or starting an argument with someone else for fighting for your rights in 
in your job because maybe you lose your job or something like that. Yeah, that's gonna be. I mean, let's see. I mean, the good thing about this podcast is that we will be able to see the repercussions of uh, these confinements. Uh, you know, will people start to, you know, how, how economically will affect people when they cannot, you know, they they cannot pay rent, uh, they don't have money for for food. Uh, will there be a number? You know that you can contact the government so you can get free meals with the military or yeah, volunteers bring the food i mean it's it's gonna be have you seen about the the free meals uh for depraved uh families in spain the fast food thing in aduso yeah in madrid yeah yeah. Yes, I use uh, with uh, is it Telepizza or Pizza Hut? Uh, I forgot. Telepizza, I think. But, but that's like a kind of like response proper of like United States with uh, fast food after the Second World War. It's like, and particularly nowadays that we are much more aware about the negative aspects of this and the, that we don't need as a like Mediterranean culture to <laughs> to to eat uh, and to produce uh, food like that, no? But that's like the especially when people cannot make do properly sports. I mean, or children they they cannot you know go out and burn all this. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's, it, I, it, think, it, I think the sizes of people in Instagram pictures, probably we can make measurements and see how they are going to start to, you know, swallow and become bigger and bigger. That's going to be interesting. Uh, yeah, I mean, yes, uh, last night I was listening to this, uh, this broadcaster from the Basque country, Iker Jimenez, who talks mm -hmm. about paranormal stuff and so, but he's doing this super coverage live on YouTube about coronavirus. Uh, he was talking about them, he and his family, getting fat because of the self-isolation, but in a kind of last country attitude. No? So it's like, well, we are taking advantage of staying at home and being like, uh, uh, I don't know how to say this in English. But yeah, it's like happy to some extent to have excuses to eat a lot and stay like full and so hunger for for him is, is not is not in his near horizon he's like no no i will be fine actually i like the idea of staying at home being able to eat now and then maybe later on a little bit of chorizo so it's like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I know it's it's interesting. Yeah, how lifestyles. I mean, people have been so concerned about lifestyles, and then we are starting to the whole world starting to share together a quite unique lifestyle, which is you know confinement. 
Um, yeah, and confinements are gonna be extremely different as well, uh, depending on the urban landscape of your space, because it's not going to be the same to do a confinement in a block of cheap flats with few square meters or in apartments with a little garden in which you can receive vitamin D from the actual sun, etc, etc. So, yeah, I mean, we all know cases like, for example, Julian Assange and the effects on health. So, it can be bleak. So, I mean, it's interesting that maybe yeah, you, it's, it's surreal that Julian Assange could give us some tips about how to go ahead for the next... Yeah, if the Imperial College report is uh, correct, at the very least it would be 18 months. Well, yeah, but it's not... Uh, the, the report of the Imperial College is, is interesting because I was trying to read the paper. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, there are political... Uh, aspects of, of, of this that I, I cannot grasp uh, why this was produced, why the UK government asked for this report uh, why it's so drama- dramatically divergent from the initial response of the UK government that they were trying to achieve this herd immunity but uh, what what probably we will see if we follow these stats these moments in which we close the frontiers and maybe we are within a super strict uh, isolation mode for 12 or 18 months but what I think it's gonna occur is that we are going to see different scenarios depending on which country you are living as we are seeing now that the measures are very different so then we won't uh, be back to the normal life at unison it's like it's not that we will be doing normal life again after 18 months. I think it's gonna be something that it's not full isolation mode for all of us during a period of one year and a half, but what we are going to see is like, okay, the frontiers are going to be super close and this country is gonna be under quarantine for the next month and then they are going to open the freedom of movement for a certain period of time but the gatherings beyond this number of people are going to be forbidden. So there is going to be this situation in which we have a lot of non-linear uh, uh, measures are taking place. So it's gonna be like a process of all of us trying to understand how to navigate this new situation of uncertainty regarding our health. Um, this kind of common frame of reference that the European Union or the globalization in principle apparently provide it's over 
Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> I guess it really matters. I think the possibility of having enough uh, tests and the speed in which this test will be able to bring the results is going to be crucial in relation to how things start to open or not, you know, in relationship to how uh, a country or an area is able to monitor the situation. But, but yeah, it can be like, you know, cities can become like fortresses, like uh, fortresses that, you know, they get monitored like from here, yeah, but certain number of people can go in certain people cannot come out, you know, but I, I, I guess it's going to be a matter of the possibility to monitor yeah. you know, how, how whether people are or not. And obviously now in countries that they are stopping to monitor whether people are sick or not, this is, it's, it's like totally, this cannot happen. That's this, you know, there's not enough control to know. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, in Korea and China, apparently, they implemented quite fast measures. Like, for example, if you order food, they produce a sticker for the package with a code so you can have access to the temperature measurement of the worker. Uh, like, pretty sophisticated measures. Mm. for understanding what's what's the global scenario yeah in terms of yeah for example if your chef is potentially a vector for the disease or not but yeah i mean i guess yeah we will try to provide like a lot of new ways because suddenly this is super important so provide new ways of monitoring like test testing i think you are right it's gonna be like a crucial thing in order to restore any kind of normality yeah i was uh, reading today that there is a factory in zaragoza in spain that they that it can uh, make a part of the test but for example the buttons uh, for you know, getting the getting the the material from the mouth or the nose is they need to be imported. So there's like this logistical question that obviously it will be broken through all these um, uh, closures of borders. So it's, it's, it's such a interesting question in relation to which countries are self-sufficient in order to generate the production of the equipment that is necessary, which ones do not have, how they get imported, who is going to have the preference, and then if we go just, you know, to countries that might not have the the money, I mean, yeah, it's, it's going to be crazy. Uh, yeah, I mean, collaboration, I think, will be needed and already uh, we have some examples of this. I, I, I read in the newspaper that yesterday Guardia Civil uh, did a, like an inspection in a Spanish factory. That uh, Did you see this, no? That they, they had 100,000 yeah, masks. Yeah, exactly. But apparently, originally, they were producing masks for China. 
two months ago. For? For China, for sending them to China two months ago. So basically that's the reason why they had this amount of stock left mm. still there. Because because China two months ago couldn't cope with the with the need of having more and more um, masks. So we were producing in Spain these additional units. Uh, but they thought that these masks were a kind of yeah illegal I, I don't know how to say this. Yeah kind of reservoir of uh, masks for potential speculation or something like that, that the state of uh, emergency had to do something with the police and so. I mean, there is such a reversal of certain values uh, or like the value of certain commodities becomes uh, totally inverse. I mean, the most obvious one is toilet paper. Yeah. I mean, that's... Uh, that's crazy how yeah. such a commodity that previously was not so, you know. And it's pure lunacy because you don't need, uh, uh, I mean, it's not a disease that affects your digestive system in principle. It's not that you are shitting so much that you need a lot of toilet paper. It's a kind of... I, th I think it might be obviously, yeah, exactly. It's like the unconscious hitting back as, you know, it's like you don't want to confront your own city, literally. It's like yeah. that's the last thing that you want in your life, even though your life might be, you know, already, you know, contain a lot of city elements, but literally you just don't want, and, you know, it's... Is it scientifically and medically a reason to be like this, or it's just like the way that hysteria works and, you know, mass psychology? Uh, it has to be a kind of interplay, because, and as well as your, like, the determinations that your society are like creating this kind of setup in your mind in which you have to be like alert and so as soon as you enter the, the supermarket you try to buy this because for example i see here in uk like this kind of crazy thing with buying pasta that i do not understand but it's basically because it's like an easy thing to cook so you boil water you put pasta that's gonna be fine because I've heard about the students surviving for years just eating pasta. And so, but it's it's insane because obviously it's not good for your diet if you eat wheat and that's all. I mean, even with <laughs> few notions of nutrition, you know that this is not good, but mm. still it's like impossible. I went yesterday to a little and all the pretty big ones. Yeah? Uh, there was only, only one package of spaghetti and that's all. No more pasta at all. No, no a single package of 
any other pasta. It's insane. And UK is not under a kind of alert state whatsoever. It's like kind of just panic uh, buying, just a product of being like in panic. And it's like, but I, I guess it's also the, uh, it, it must be like the speed of communication. And if, you know, it's, it's, if you see that people in Australia, when they didn't have so many cases, you see that they're buying already you know toilet paper i think is yeah this becomes also very contagious and people just like okay you know, they're doing it. it it must be a reason you know and it's like what, you know nobody wants to think of that situation of running out of paper i mean it's uncomfortable but it's not the end of the world um yeah but it's super sad because uh, you see these examples aldi and little but then if you go to a supermarket that it's more for kind of posh or wealthy communities they are much in a much better situation in terms of stock you can see this in twitter feeds uh, friends living in london that mm. they took pictures of empty shelves and then they moved to a wealthier area and the supermarkets were basically fine so it's, it's super uh, sad, no? And at the same time, when you try to book a slot for a delivery online, no? Last night I was trying to, to edit, to amend an order that I placed uh, a week ago. And they, you have a waiting list in order to be able to, <laughs> to browse the website. It's not that you have uh, to wait for finding a slot it's like you have to wait for more than two, two hours in order to be able to browse the supermarket website it's like measures that you make jokes about North Korea etc but they are already there uh, in the Lidl they had like a handwritten piece of paper in the door saying like just one item per person of like pasta, toilet paper, um, like these wipes that they have kind of alcohol or something like that. So it's like... <laughs> it's, it's crazy. I mean, but they, I mean, once the logistics start to crack up, I mean, things are gonna, you know, what we know, we can laugh, but like, it's not so far away that, you know, certain logistics start to, to crack up and something starts to be missing. Uh, yeah, but this is the thing that I was trying to explain before, that as soon as we struggle, we feel the struggle, and we don't talk anymore from the perspective of the detachment, no. uh, the situation is going to be absolutely like, super different. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because, yeah. But nonetheless, I think uh, we tend to create this forecast. And that's the reason why then we have these portraits of apocalyptic scenarios. Also, from a perspective in which we have the present and then a distant 
apocalyptic future and we don't see the, the turn how we are uh, writing actually this turn so things are changing progressively at a speed that we cannot understand for example uh, one of these supermarkets that i was in this waiting list for editing an order they mailed me today saying okay the situation is gonna change you cannot continue doing this uh, kind of prepper uh, shopping because what we are going to do is a rationalized uh, uh, supply of products so you will be able to buy every week whatsoever but you won't be able to accumulate let's say 50 cans of chickpeas whatsoever that won't be allowed so things are changing progress or as you uh, we were talking yesterday about the live stream of cafe auto the gig so yeah, things I, are, I saw it i saw it yeah 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 do you see it yes a little bit yeah daily you see a new change and this is getting grounded in this new moment yeah and tomorrow is gonna look much normal than a week Absolutely. ago Absolutely. the process of normalization and the way that we are used to okay accept you know so it's um i mean it's extremely interesting in the way that what all the assumptions and ways of thinking that we had built over the years they were starting to crack up and things you know were like okay the future doesn't seem like we thought it would be things are becoming more bleak i mean all these apocalypses ap apocalyptic scenarios in different forms of uh, express cultural expressions but now it's here so it's like and then so the references that you had no longer work things are changing and then you just have to use whatever you have at hand now to try to understand what's going on and these moments as you were saying you know cafe auto totally empty room this lonely guy uh Dame, what's his name then Dan, uh, daniel bloomberg no daniel bloomberg like ultra I mean, the atmosphere was, it held very good, well, the music, it was like, they well together, they went very well together and ca whole cafe auto empty. Oh, and, and as well, there was something that I don't know what is the reason for this. I don't know if you saw this, it's almost... The candles. Well, the candles, they are generally there, no? Yeah, yeah. I, I, but the one of the amplifiers had almost like a spider cop. Did you pay attention to this? No, 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 no. Like a spider web in one of the twin rivers. I I don't know what's the reason. Maybe it, it, it is just because it was this additional amplifier in a storage space, or maybe it was just the quality of the video and my mind created this. But I'm pretty sure that one of the amplifiers had in a kind of dark way this spider cob with the candles and so yeah. My partner was getting so angry with the music. It was like so whiny. He's so whiny. I cannot handle it. It's just yeah, like... but it's like that. Eh? The, the 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 guy. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know that the he played here and we 
Dalila and I, we put some record recordings like as a DJ before and yeah. after the gig. Uh huh. So it was this kind of drama mode. No, you know, it's a kind of transcendental narcissism, like pure pain. Well, you yeah. saw the, the gig. Yeah. So basically, I was playing like. Uh, kind of uh, this drama flamenco like Rocío Jurado uh, this kind of music from Spain from the 80s and 70s that actually they are talking about <laughs> from their dramas and, and, and yeah so that was the music that was playing and you got some feedback or yeah you know the violin player of Daniel Bloomberg, who is Billy from Cafe Otto? Yeah. He, he was like really into the, he found it fun. Yeah. Yeah. It was good. Yeah. El punto de partida, Rocío Jurado. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but uh, say more, right? Uh, more people, more improvisers did another gig uh, on Monday, I think. And was mm -hmm. the same, but they had some audience. But yesterday, I think, was just himself alone yeah. and nothing else. <laughs> yeah, I guess the, I mean, in Cafe Otto, they're much more conscious. And I think they understand, I guess they have contacts with other parts of Europe, so. Yeah, I mean, I see this as, a, as something that will occur, this kind of streaming. So, uh, reasonably curated live streams of geeks special geeks and stuff like that i think i think you i mean yesterday you were totally right in the way that this is naturalizing the future or communication in the future as you were saying you know that okay this will become a absolute you know, like what you would usually just have a meeting, you know, have several Skype meetings a day, but then you will socialize, then it's the opposite. This will be your everyday life. And, you know, uh, deception will be when you can meet in somehow, somewhere, it's, uh, it's an inversal. And I'm just seeing my daughter, how, you know, yesterday had um, a Skype meeting with another student and you know just like today they were like already there you know so it's like they naturalize it in such a way that uh, it becomes the most natural thing to do like we had to get used to all these mediations and it's probably still you know not our preferable mode of um, communication but if you just um, get used to at such a level I mean I guess your relationship to time space and mediation changes radically because then you know it's what it becomes uh, it's what is most natural to you I mean we have been thrown to the future we are like that's the, the new thing. It, on the one hand yes but by a reason of the past like of you know like like the study you know makes the reference the of the imperial college that there was no such a crisis 
since the Spanish flu. Yeah. Like, you know, this, it, it had to be a reason of the past that throw us into the future. And in the middle, there is like a historical cut that we still cannot judge. Yeah, I think I am skeptical regarding these uh, time frames that they provide precisely because uh, we don't know how things are going to evolve. Um, we have a lot of like technological resources that as soon as we put them to work in order to continue producing, continue having a relationship uh, in a capitalist system. So for example, now for a while we will stop consuming because for example, Amazon was saying yesterday that here in the UK, some workers are going to stop working in the warehouse, etc. So uh, consumerism is gonna be slow for a while, but after a short period of time, it needs to be reintroduced in our daily lives. So we will put a lot of technological effort in overcoming this. And then you see other uh, moments of panic and pandemics like AIDS in the 80s and early 90s that had a huge impact in terms of public health. And in a short, inverted commas, short period of time, let's say 20, 30 years, uh, now the situation is much better, let's say. So the Spanish flu that it's like in the second half of the first decade of the 20th century, obviously the technological measures uh, were really poor. So we don't know exactly with something like uh, a COVID kind of virus, how we can measure, how we can test, how we can see if we can go to this gig with 15 people. And we know because we have an app that tests that the 15 of us, we are free of the disease. So we can join this party. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. Maybe we develop a kind of easy way of testing our health so we can check, like, for example, people with diabetes or that they do daily checks with cheap devices. So, okay, you are fine. You can go to work to the city in London. You can take the tube or yes, you can go to this gig. So you present your ticket, mm. but as well, you present your this kind of health passport or something like that, that allows you to participate in this social life as we understood social life three months ago. <laughs> You think uh, probably it will be through blockchain, no? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So every every at every movement you are checked and is registered, and then you just like have yeah. every every moment is monitored, so you know at what second the testing uh, does positive, and then you know you will have a 
through your mobile, like I guess what they were doing in Korea with the telephone mobiles that they yeah. were able to monitorize. Okay, so then these people might have been in, uh, infected or not. What I am skeptical is about the positive kind of communist outcome of this situation, i.e. Uh, less consumerism, more social cohesion, etc. No, I think uh, they are going to try to sort out this in such a way that if you have enough money and if you have good health, you will be able to go to Oxford Street soon to buy some clothes. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting because I think everybody's caught off guard, or that's what it appears to be, in the sense that still moral values are up for grabs. And I think, you know, like, you know, like in the Spanish government, it seems that it's taking some measures to try to mitigate the, the amount of suffering in people who lose lost their jobs. I mean, let's let's see how this. So, at the moment, there seems you know it's not like in the crisis of uh, 2008 and nine, where Europe really kept that kind of hardcore uh, framework in which you know the South could not. Uh, go into deficit and you know could not you know they had to follow the debt uh, requirements and they had to go into extreme difficult situations like now let's see how Europe is gonna for example Europe gonna react to the debt and the deficit how different governments are going to react and obviously they are taking already measures independently i think yes that in the future we don't know whether they will be possible to follow through or not but at least um, you know the leaders they have to make decisions you know to appear somehow you know some more ethical than others but you know they they need to please because on the one hand, they're asking people to go into extreme, extreme uh, situations that never happened before. On the other hand, their future is absolutely uncertain. And if the combination of not being able to, you know, give an answer and, and having to be in these extreme situations is going to generate a, a, a level of frustration never seen before. Like, I mean, I mean, we already have seen, like, for example, in prisons, Hmm. Uh, I don't know now in Italy, but last week there were 27 uh, prisons in Italy yeah. out of control. Uh, and in Spain, I think there is, you know, there's like different places where prisons are absolutely out of control. So I'm interested in this, you know, that things are up for grabs and some people are going to try to take advantage of it. But on the other hand, politicians need to appear to you know have certain answers that maybe they're giving these answers without the possibility to fulfill them which might generate further frustration uh, 
it's gonna be interesting to see how this develops yeah but the questions regarding the economy i am uh, quite fascinated about this because you see uh, how uh, fictional this is we are like prisoners of the uh, economical uh, health so all these measures like the federal reserve i don't know if you read this whole how uh, it's uh, cutting rates to zero uh, you perceive the yeah the hyperstitional status of money it's like basically they are going to create money for free so it's not the same kind of economical crisis like 2008 in which um, debt or different forms of economical bubbles exploded but this is basically you have to stop production freedom of movement um, so you have to feed the system with additional money additional money that it's just up to us if we are going to coordinate the supply of resources to create money without debt or few little rates of debt or if you are going for example yesterday boris johnson he was taking certain economical measures that entailed debt he was offering loans mm. basically instead of cancelling like the payment of the electricity bills or the rent or providing a kind of basic income no he was offering loans which is a quite interesting measure because you are creating debt out of a situation in which we have all of us to stop die ihren großeltern einen podcast aufnehmen it's like there is no need because there is no if you create a bubble now it's a bubble that it's created out of precisely this problem it's not that okay if we are in confinement and we cannot produce we need to print more money and uh, you can do like the federal reserve but this should be don't you i don't know i know it 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 reveals or it reveals yeah this hyperstitional aspect of of money because and it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting with people you know people who are already in debt you know like people studying in britain or in other parts on the states even more like what's going to happen with those debts uh, would there be 
a total restructuring or will their governments follow through? Could they do that? Will people be willing to accept that? Will there be the mechanisms to monitor all those different forms of debt? Um, well, yeah, I think we, I mean, because the crisis that we are living is gonna be worse than the one that we lived through. And the buffer measures that were done be previously cannot be done this time. And the future yeah, and the, is so uncertain. The damage so. is gonna be, from a point of view, so arbitrary. So for example, if you were working in a sector that cannot continue operating as usual, your damage is brutal. But if you were working in a sector in which this situation has a less dramatic impact, you can do, or even you can create a positive scenario out of this. So the rift between someone who was, I don't know, running a restaurant or something like that, or someone else that was running an online uh, business is going to be a massive rift. It's going to create new poor people, mm -hmm. new rich people, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And maybe I'm probably the signs of wealth are going to be expressed differently. Yeah. Which, which will be interesting to, to see in social media how people would so, you know, when you cannot go out and you cannot like travel and you cannot like, yeah, you exactly. cannot buy, you cannot buy. Is, but this, this way in which we see yeah. the pointless of certain things is really interesting. Yeah. How pointless is to have, uh, yeah, this evening of shopping um, pictures on your Instagram stories. Uh, yeah, this very nice afternoon and evening of shopping. Now makes no sense. And it's fine. The world is collapsing because of other reasons. But I guess, but we are going to reify yeah. other aspects, maybe even more silly than going to shops like Ray fine toilet paper <laughs> yeah well it already has been yeah I mean for the vinyl industry it was the last drop now it's over I mean makes no sense it's like having now medieval helmets is like makes the same sense in temporal terms. Well, Sound Om has been very active yeah. in their in their digital, you know. So I think you know maybe that's you know people who are still have you know are able to to buy them and to I mean obviously will people will be you know uh, buying 
music if they can, uh, but obviously most of the people will listen through streams. Yeah, but Bandcamp um, is waiving its revenue share this Friday to support artists amid uh, coronavirus. So, yeah. Mm. I don't know. Yeah, vinyl is going to be perceived as something extremely uh, like a commodity, a luxury kind of not very practical, I mean. Yeah. Yeah, because space is going to yeah. be become crucial. I mean, every inch of your of the room is going to be of the living space is going to be absolutely needed. Um, yeah, objects, yeah, the role objects of objects. And, uh, because I guess uh, this will create as well the upturn of what does it mean to have a vinyl? What does it mean to have a physical experience? What does it mean to, to, to play an actual instrument rather than some kind of very sophisticated technological app? So it's going to be a, as well a a market of yeah rarefied experiences of when whenever this uh, recovers a status of normal physical interaction the upturn in terms of social gathering touching your friends it's is gonna be massive it's gonna be like crazy. It's like you can put a super high price, but people, they are going to pay for it. To experience again. Like, <laughs> like. Yeah, festivals. Yeah, I guess, you know, like the festival. To see a band live, an actual when... band. Even though it's the most like, shitty geek ever but it's gonna be like it's gonna be something brutal i mean yeah this really reckon you know i mean the kind of appreciation that we had for certain kind of experiences and and the way that we were value them well, we just were taking them for granted, but then when with time you suddenly see, oh, wow, I cannot do that. And probably it's going to be a while till it happens again and it's not going to be the same. Uh, but nevertheless, it's something that as the days pass by, people will be like, hmm, we're striving for for these type of situations, which I guess people will speculate about them or recreate them. You know, it's just like, like what people are doing, recreating certain areas of, you know, like areas to go out in the, in their own homes. So it's like psycho home geography, just like a very individualized, form of 
uh, experiencing other yeah. situations that you had before, but you adapt them into your own into your own home. Yeah, again, like urban landscapes and societies will play a a massive role because we see the differences in Italy with the balconies or or yeah in I am thinking about UK and the role of gardens like little gardens and so or if you live sharing house with five or six people in a big house with a lot of different rooms this uh, inter-exchange are going to be yeah, very rich but very weird um, yeah but I think I am convinced that if capitalism is a kind of deterministic system sooner than later they are going to provide us a kind of weird gateway. I am already waiting for this super expensive pass to be able to go to a social gathering or to this terrace or being ready again to pay high prices for flight tickets, you know? because suddenly they are really expensive because you have to pay for tests, imagine health tests, additional security measures, etc. That they have, but they have to restore the system. Because economical pressures you see in like US or UK, the economical pressures are different if you are living in a country like Spain, or if you are living in a country that is like the city, the city of London or Wall Street, they have to be like, okay, we are facing a, a pandemic, but at the same time, like, we have to feed the machine. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's gonna, things are, very strange things are gonna come up and I think it's gonna be very interesting to keep an eye on them and, and maybe we will lose track of you know oh yeah 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 that we become normalized so quickly because, you know like because I was so uh, surprised you know on Monday there was this uh, I think we mentioned before but on Monday there was a picture of the metro of Bilbao because they reduce the number of uh, to half the number of metros in Bilbao, even though there was the state of alarm and everybody had to be home. But when people needed to go to work at 8.30 or 9, it was absolutely crowded. And this, this picture troubled the world. You know, they were also, you know, in the media all around in Europe. And yesterday, talking to my mom, it was just like, it was yesterday. And it already seemed like a month ago, you know, it's like see, if, if there was already an acceleration of events that big events that happen, you for, you know, you forget them because all their things come. I think now it's even more accelerated. It's, it's to the point that 
uh, man so that one loses the ability to 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 put in perspective i mean the the, the perspective or you throw into perspective something that it was yeah. really in the past i mean this relationship with time is going to be very surreal to say the least and it will normalize itself and we will not be aware that this is happening and and it will you know the relationship of with the future is it never it never you know in my life never was so open in the sense of not really knowing yeah. what you know so many uh, questions that are open that is not a personal you know it's yeah, at the global day by level day, day by day it's unfolding great. the future without knowing what's going to happen yeah but that that's i have to say for from uh in principle not uh, in principle like position of privilege that's a quite liberating feeling that the the horizon is not so deterministic you know what i mean absolutely absolutely i mean it's, it's bleak it's very very bleak but previously is as if it was bleak but you knew yeah. that there was no chance of breaking the course of history or the course of history was just going to a very dark place but there was no element that could disturb its direction now there is that element that disturbs the direction completely and i think uh, people who will be very fast in reacting it will have an strong amount of importance in the in producing the future you know so you know some somebody that comes up with now in these days that things are open people that come up with strong reactions to it might have such a effect in how we then later on conceived the future and the question is because precisely nobody seems to be very prepared or nobody knows how to react uh, it means that whoever it comes and gives certain clues or certain answers is uh, it, it will it will be hurt it will have an effect yeah. it says a lot about all these models that uh banks and governments were producing without taking into account perturbations um, yeah dynamic stochastics is 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 crazy is uh, that they took yeah they took for granted the the equilibrium of certain things and now we have this uh let's say catastrophic event that shakes the whole board <laughs> and now is uh, starting from scratch well obviously it's not a scratch but yeah and, and then then 
So what kind of elements do these people take as ways of uh, shaping their decisions? So, you know, for example, getting back to the number of deaths, you know, I'm just thinking of like the way there must be people who are betting, you know, and like they will use that kind of information as a way to take some economic decisions. It's, it's, it's such a... Uh, it's a very horrible thing to, you know, take into account. But inevitably, people will be taking this kind of possible data available, which is quite, uh, the, the, you know, I don't know if there is much. I mean, it will be interesting through this podcast to try to look at more scientific kind of analysis. But I mean, they will be using these kind of studies to try to make sense of the future, the way that the governments, you know, the U.S. government and the U.K. government, you know, they use this study of the Imperial College to change their decisions. You know. The massive flaws so, of their previous models uh, are, I mean, are fascinating. I mean, I was so, so upset because it's, it, it was pure lunacy. It's like pure lunacy. Like you, you could feel how they were concerned primarily with the flow of a kind of normal economic uh, production. And they, they had in no kind of, I don't know. I think they were denying the, the they want uh, we won't see this death toll. We won't see these people dying in the corridors of the hospitals, like in Italy. You know what I mean? But I think it was the same. I, th I think it was the same everywhere. You know, I mean, at least in Wuhan, the first weeks, it was neglected. Like, hmm, this was not really, they didn't know. Okay, then in Italy, it was also the same. Spain, it was the same. It's, there's a moment in which it needs to really hit hard and I guess get the news of how the hospitals are overcrowding, overcrowded and they don't have material. And then when this news, I mean, there seems to be this moment in which certain person says, this is very, very, very serious. And I think then that's when the drastic measures kind of kick in. It's interesting because, yeah, since we were not paying the same amount of attention when this was occurring in China, in China, we don't have the, the same kind of reaction. We assume that they had this very coordinated response and it was like, wow, what's going on there? But it seemed something super far-fetched for, <laughs> for Europe. I mean, it's so interesting with these whole dresses, you know, it's just like, you you will see like, okay, in China, you know, disinfecting or in uh, in Korea, yeah. you will see this, you know, totally prepared, you know, like glasses and everything. And then even just last week, people in the hospitals, they were just like, oh, we just have one mask or, you know, yeah. like we have like, we're not covered totally, you know, it's just like, it's, it's, it's like as if, you know, you don't understand that they're doing that because otherwise you can yeah. get the virus. 
and uh, now you see now you see the military in Spain you know with the whole you know like all yeah. totally like and cleaning cleaning uh, the, the tube yeah. and cleaning the streets something that when I saw this yes in China it was like okay this is like children of men it's not going to happen here <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's quite crazy that now is like the normal state of affairs for everyone. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I think I, I told you about this TV series, Devs, that is mm -hmm. kind of yeah. sci-fi interesting dealing with quantum computing, etc. But uh, so the first two episodes we watched this just before the general outbreak and i was so hyped and then when we watched the third episode i was talking with patricia saying like wow but this is like so irrelevant that even though i am enjoying it but i felt that it's so irrelevant is that this topic scenario but far from the current problem that we have now, that it felt like I shouldn't be paying attention to this, even though it's leisure and you are watching a TV series, no? But it felt so, not wrong, but it felt, you, you, saw, you see the physical, even the physical interaction between the characters and you feel that it's outdated. <laughs> then the... <laughs> The, the technological dystopias that they are portraying as well outdated. So it's like, it's irrelevant. It's like, we shouldn't be watching this. We should be watching, I don't know, something else, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I mean, the whole aesthetic and the whole, you know, like, I mean, yeah, it's like Wuhan is like, it was the future it was you know for a month it was a future and it was such a remote thing that we didn't you know like it just didn't come into your into our heads it's like no no it's far away it's far away we have nothing to do with it we don't have nothing to do with it and it's just like increasingly coming closer and closer and closer and their lives you know like the way of living what they were doing it's like now you look for clues there you know what they were doing you know how do they cope with this because they've been doing it for quite some time uh, it's yeah fascinating fascinating yeah i was trying to see now uh, the website of the uh, john hopkins and what's the number what are the numbers i look i look for the and the you, you look at the young Hopkins and I look here. Death uh, toll is, is still the same. Okay. 71. <laughs> really? Uh, and before 72. was 72 or was 71? 71. And uh, the Eight, number of infected uh, people? Thousand. Infected or dead? You know, infected, infected in the United, in Kingdom. United Kingdom, 2,642. At the same. And Spain, 624 deaths. 24. And here it says 23. 
Okay. And uh, infected here, uh, yeah, And in Germany, here 27 um, dead. Here... 27, the same. Okay. Infected. And infected? 10,082. Yes. 10,082. In fact, 11,588. 11, and that, that's the live YouTube feed, yeah. no? Yeah, which I don't know. I, I, somehow I, I get the impression that comes from South Korea, but... An emergency state has been activated due to the coronavirus. You must stay safely at your accommodation or home and follow instructions from local authorities or from your accommodation provider. Avoid beach areas and promenades. Keep a safe distance with other people. Stay at home. Thank you and sorry for the inconvenience. Benidorm Town Hall.